Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friends. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and we are on episode 52 today. And with this episode, I'm starting a series on the spiritual discipline. So this is our introductory one. And it's an area that I've wanted to study and understand and apply more into my own life for my own spiritual growth. So I'm really just going to take you all along with me. And in this introductory episode, I'm hoping to clarify what they are and the role that they have in our lives as Christians. And I'm going to be utilizing two main resources, and I'll have some other supplemental resources that I'll share as they come into play in the various episodes. But mainly, it's Donald Whitney's book on the spiritual disciplines and Dave Mathis's book called Habits of Grace, which are also on the spiritual disciplines. And I will link to both of those in the show notes too. So what are they? What are the spiritual disciplines? Donald Whitney explains, he says, the spiritual disciplines are those personal and corporate disciplines that promote spiritual growth. They are the habits of devotion and experiential Christianity that have been practiced by the people of God since biblical times. The spiritual disciplines are the God-given means we are to use in the spirit-filled pursuit of godliness, end quote. So we know Romans 8.28 tells us that for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So God desires us to become more like Christ. And when Jesus returns, 1 John 3.2 tells us we shall be like him. So does this give us an excuse to just sit around and wait for that time? Of course not, because God desires for us to strive towards holiness. We're told in 1 Peter 1.16 to be holy as I am holy. And 1 Timothy 4.7 tells us to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Physical discipline doesn't bring about godliness, but spiritual discipline does. So in this series, we're going to talk about the practical biblical ways that we, as followers of Jesus Christ, pursue Christ-likeness, and these particular ways have been known historically as the spiritual disciplines are also referred to as the means of grace. Um, And I do have an important side note that we need to remember as we're working through these, and I'm probably going to remind us every time of this. We cannot earn our way to heaven by practicing the spiritual disciplines. You do not gain favor with God by reading your Bible or praying. Your favor with God is found only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. We stand before God only through the righteousness of Christ that has been gifted to those who have repented of their sins and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. So please, if you're unsure of where you stand with Jesus, take the time to read under the welcome tab at the top of my blog at thankfulhomemaker.com on what is the gospel. And you are always free to message me here. And I will also link to that in the show notes. I want you to read that if you are not sure where you stand with Jesus Christ. And I also have under that same tab, a link to find um, good, solid Bible preaching churches if you're looking for a good church too. 
So the reminder, Jesus is the only way to heaven. John 14, 6, right? I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus said. And it is through a relationship with him, through repentance and faith, he has done the work for us and we need to receive the free gift of salvation through him. We are justified by grace, declared righteous, not by our own works, but on Jesus's perfect life. Okay, so why do we need to practice the spiritual disciplines? One thing that comes to my mind first is Jesus did. Jesus knew God's word. He went to solitary places to pray. He fasted. He fellowshiped. He shared the gospel with others, right? Acts 2.42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. We can see in that verse alone, God's word and prayer and fellowship were important elements in the early church. David Mathis, in his book, Habits of Grace, um, subtitled here, Enjoying Jesus Through the Spiritual Disciplines, he refers to the spiritual disciplines as means of grace. And I love how he defines them through this picture. He says, I can flip a switch, but I don't provide the electricity. I can turn on a faucet, but I don't make the water flow. There will be no light and no liquid refreshment without someone else providing it. And he continues, And so it is for the Christian with the ongoing grace of God. His grace is essential for our spiritual lives, but we don't control the supply. We can't make the favor of God flow, but he has given us circuits to connect and pipes to open expectantly. End quote there. All right, so those circuits and pipes are the spiritual disciplines are also defined as the means of grace. We can't earn grace, ladies, right? But we can put ourselves in a position, as Dave Mathis, Mathis says, quote, to go on getting as he keeps on giving, end quote. I like that, to go on getting as he keeps on giving. Or as Donald Whitney states it, the spiritual disciplines are ways by which we can spiritually place ourselves in the path of God's grace and seek him. End quote there. So through God's grace, we are conformed to the image of his son. I think Romans 8, 29 there in Philippians 1, 6, they remind us that he who began a good work in us will complete it. So these means of grace, Bible intake, prayer, fellowship, those are kind of the three main areas. And there's other um, parts that branch off from there, but we're going to work through each of them more in each continuing episode that we work through here over these next weeks together. But these are ways that the Holy Spirit conforms us more and more into the image of Christ. And Donald Whitney states that the spiritual disciplines are ways by which we can spiritually place ourselves in the path of God's grace and seek him. He says, just as Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus placed themselves in Jesus's path and sought him. We can't force grace, but we are able through these habits of grace to place ourselves along that path where we can receive God's blessing. And David Mathis tells us we need to make clear what is the greatest grace along these paths. It is Jesus himself. So knowing and enjoying our Lord, as Philippians 3.8 tells us, is the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. This is eternal life. And it's the goal of the means of grace, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And that's from John 17, 3. So the goal of the means of grace or the spiritual disciplines, and I'm going to use those interchangeably, but I'm speaking of the same thing here. Again, the goal is Christ-likeness. 
So 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, and I'm reading here out of the NASB, it says, But have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, for bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So the word discipline there in 1 Timothy chapter 4, those verses 7 and 8, is the Greek word gymnasio. It's where we get our English word gymnasium or gymnastics, right? Which means to exercise vigorously in any way, either the body or mind. That's what the Greek word means there. So when I think of a gym, I picture gym class from school in my mind, and then the smell of sweat comes to my mind. I, like now that I'm thinking of it, I could smell my gym class in the sixth grade, but it's a workout. It exerts energy. So we want to exercise our mind, as Paul says in 1 Timothy, for godliness, because it is profitable for all things. We want to produce spiritual sweat, much better smell than that smell in my gym class from sixth grade. Godliness is beneficial for our present life and the life to come. One of my favorite, not so much preachers because I didn't get to hear him preach, but he is a preacher, but I do more reading of his sermons. But Martin Lloyd-Jones says, How often do we hear about the discipline of the Christian life these days? How often do we talk about it? How often is it really to be found at the heart of our evangelical living? There was a time in the Christian church when this was at the very center, and it is, I profoundly believe, because of our neglect of this discipline that the church is in her present position. Indeed, I see no hope whatsoever of any true revival and reawakening until we return to it, end quote. The reality is most days we don't feel like doing what we need to do, but over time we've learned to discipline ourselves to maybe get up at a certain time, to take care of the things we need to in our homes, like our meals and cleaning and laundry. And as moms, having discipline in various areas helps us to manage our day and our time better, to be efficient, and we're able to prioritize the most important tasks. Actually, if you go back, I have a whole podcast on the importance of self-discipline in our lives. This is a, this is a good thing to learn and to practice. And these spiritual disciplines, they help us to make a conscious choice to engage in them when we do this, when we are disciplined, because these are things we would not do if left to our own accord. Because the reality is there are times we just don't feel like what we need or what we should do or what we know is best. We just don't tend to go that direction. But having the spiritual disciplines in place helps us to have a method and a strategy to carry through these means of grace, which aid us in our spiritual growth. So we practice the spiritual disciplines because we desire to discipline ourselves for godliness. So in Christ, we're equipped and the Holy Spirit gives us a hunger towards becoming holy. Before Christ, we didn't even have a desire to read God's word and obey it. But after Christ, we do because of the work of the Spirit within us. We all know that we have a Father in heaven who loves to hear from us when we pray, and he's always available. We know that he speaks to us through his word when we read it. We don't want to think of spiritual disciplines as a desired end product of our spiritual life, but they are a means to an end. 
They guide us in an authentic spiritual life and intimacy with God. They are habits that help us to nurture our spiritual health and they foster spiritual growth, which leads to maturity in Christ. A key text that comes to my mind here about growing in spiritual maturity is Paul's prayer for the Colossians in verses, um, Colossians chapter one, verses nine through 11. The apostle Paul says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So these verses are part of quite a powerful prayer by Paul for the Colossian church, and it addresses several things that he asked the Lord to give them, including in verse 9, spiritual understanding, fruitful lives in verse 10, and strength and patience and joy, right, in verse 11. He's praying for them to have Christian minds. We desire to have Christian minds and how we live and respond as we live in a world that is opposed to Christianity. We have been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. We should desire to see everything from God's viewpoint. The spiritual disciplines help to guide us in knowing and doing the will of God. They help us to pursue godliness and to become more like Christ. So in this podcast series, I'm going to focus on what we what we are, what we know really as the personal disciplines, which are Bible study and Bible reading, meditation, scripture memory, prayer, journaling, evangelism, and it's going to probably grow as we begin to work through it. So I may add another one or two areas. The individual disciplines that I just listed naturally bring us to flow into what we know as the interpersonal disciplines, the ones we do in corporately together, fellowship, serving the church, and corporate worship. So I'm probably going to dig into some of those interpersonal disciplines too as we go on through these next weeks together. I don't want us to feel the ladies like we're on overload. And I now, especially because I'm just doing the podcast every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, you have some time in between. So what I want us to grasp her though during our time is how can we prioritize our days around God's ways? How can we intentionally plan our time around growing spiritually? We all have free time in our days. I mean, I know I do. I can always find time to do the things I want to do, whether it's strolling the Instagram feed (laughs) or watching a series on Netflix or whatever it may be. So the focus I want it to be with us together is how are we prioritizing our time? There may be things like um, that you're doing that, that I'm there with you. There's disciplines that I already have in place, but there's some that I just am lacking in, that I just don't have a good knowledge and understanding or I haven't implemented or taken the time to prioritize them. And that's my desire. So one thing I want to point out, and this is just a good reminder, godly people are godly people because they were spiritually disciplined. Think of the saints of the past and and even the present. I think of people like Charles Spurgeon or Martin Luther or Elizabeth Elliot. These are Christian heroes these particularly these Christian heroes 
and there's obviously more than these three. I just threw off three names to get your mind thinking. I don't know who your Christian heroes are, but just think they became Christ-like because they were disciplined and they got there the same way that you and I do. There's no magic pill or special formula or zapping that happens here. It takes time. And I understand God had different callings for their lives over ours. We are all gifted differently and our lives will all look differently. But living spiritually disciplined lives is how we all become Christ-like. D.A. Carson has a great quote on this. He says, people do not drift towards holiness. Apart from grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate toward godliness, prayer, obedience to scripture, faith, and delight in the Lord. We drift toward compromise and call it tolerance. We drift toward disobedience and call it freedom. We drift toward superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of lost self-control and call it relaxation. We slouch toward prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we have escaped legalism. We slide toward godlessness and convince ourselves we have been liberated. End quote there. So we don't just coast into Christ-likeness. It takes time and discipline. The Lord uses many areas of our lives to grow us into the image of his son, and the spiritual disciplines are one way. They help us to know and love and serve the Lord and how the scripture lays out for us. We all desire to have the mind of Christ formed within us so we can love others well and point them to the gospel. The more we know about the Lord, the more we come to love and worship him. The goal of discipline is not to make us better or nicer people, but it's to have the mind of Christ formed in us. So just as maintaining our physical health takes the discipline of a healthy diet and exercise, our spiritual lives too need a healthy diet of the intake of the word and the exercise of putting that into practice in our day-to-day lives. The Lord uses three main areas to change us into Christ-likeness. And the first two that I mentioned here, they are out of our control. They are people and circumstances. So with these first two, the Lord works from the outside in. But the third area is the spiritual disciplines, and they are worked from the inside out. I can't control the situations and the people that come into my life, but I can decide If I will make time to read my Bible and pray today, the desire and power to practice the disciplines are produced by the grace of God. They are his means of grace in our lives. I love Donald Whitney's example here. It's pretty clear. He says, a deep insatiable hunger for the Bible is a gift from God, but we are the ones who must turn the pages and read the words. God doesn't pull our passive bodies over to the desk and cause our hands to open the Bible and draw our eyes back and forth over the pages without any effort on our part. End quote there. Ladies, we can't lift ourselves by our own bootstraps and make us Christ-like on our own, all right? Only God can make a sinful person more like Christ. But it doesn't mean that we have nothing to do in our sanctification. Or another way to put it is in our pursuit of godliness. As we bring ourselves before God, he makes us more like Jesus. Just a reminder here too, the Pharisees were good at this. They practiced the disciplines and they were not godly. They missed the purpose. 
Conformity is not just outward, but inward. The Pharisees did all the outward conformity to Christ, but they missed the heart, the inward. As we bring ourselves before God, looking to God by faith and through his means of grace, we can expect to meet God there and be changed by him. So again, think about Zacchaeus there. He put himself up in that tree, right? He put himself in the path of Jesus. We too can put ourselves in the path of Jesus. We desire to put ourselves in God's path, looking to him by faith and the way he has laid out for how we meet him. And it's modeled for us in the scriptures. It's the Bible, the intake of the word to meditate on the scriptures, right? To really dig through and meditate and understand them, to pray, to worship, to fast, to fellowship with others. And I I don't even mean just talking about the weather. Fellowship here meaning talking about things of God, the Lord's Supper, um, our stewardship, serving. How do we serve each other in the body? And evangelism, how do we reach out to the lost? Okay, one caution I want to mention because I'm very aware of it in my own life. We're usually bent one way or another. Maybe you love to serve in the church and you keep yourself busy but you find yourself neglecting the personal spiritual disciplines, or maybe you love being alone and find yourself neglecting the interpersonal disciplines. We need balance here. We need to engage with others in the church, and we need to withdraw and be alone with God. Jesus did both, and Christ-likeness involves both the personal and the interpersonal disciplines. Listen, You can spend your life in a good, solid preaching church and be active in all the various things going on and serve. But if your life is not disciplined by the intake of God's word and prayer, there's probably going to be very little Christ-like fruit in your life. Donald Whitney says, nothing was ever achieved without discipline. So my hope for us is to dig into the scripture on each one and define them well and explain why they are an important part of our spiritual growth and give some practical ways we can begin to make them a part of our spiritual life if they aren't yet. We're going to start with what Donna Whitney describes as the most important spiritual disciplines, the first, which are the intake of scripture and the next prayer, and all the others relate to those two. And next, we want to focus on them with a right goal in mind, and that goal would be intimacy with Christ inward and outward conformity to Christ, to be like Jesus, to be holy as he is holy, to bear spiritual fruit, to grow in our love for God and one another. There is true freedom that is only found in God's ways. And last, we want to keep our focus on the gospel, to be reminded continually of what Jesus has done for us and to find our joy and delight in him. Kevin DeYoung says, if you want to be Christ-like, you need to have communion with Christ. And if you want communion with Christ, you need to do it on his terms with the channels of grace that he's provided. Prayer, Bible reading, church fellowship, the Lord's table. And that means the only way to extraordinary holiness is through ordinary means, end quote there. So ladies, come along with me these next weeks and let's pray that the Lord would help to show us our infinite need for Christ and the infinite supply of mercy and grace that is found by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Jesus 
is enough always. So my friends, again, thank you for your time today, and I hope that you'll join us along in this series. I'm going to have a lot of helpful resources in the show notes each week, so head over to the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com and check them out when you get time. If you think a friend may enjoy the series, please share the podcast. And thank you bunches and bunches for your reviews, ladies. I so appreciate the time you've taken to do that. That is a huge blessing, so thank you. And just a reminder, I'm only putting out a podcast now on the second and fourth Tuesdays of the month. So I will see you back here on March 12th. Have a very blessed week, my dear friends. 